now we need to just kind of do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. Still don't know how to start it. Still trying to figure that out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Alliance Weekly Podcast with your hosts, Brooks, Nick, and Sagan. Hello, guys. You you ha- you just really want to do that, don't <laughs> yes, you? Yes, I really do. You really do. Yes. Oh, man. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Alliance Weekly Podcast. And yes, you did hear Brooks right. We've got Sagan with us today. Woo! Hi. Welcome, Sagan. Welcome, Things are probably sounding kind of funky right now. Don't worry, they won't next week, I promise. Sorry about the low quality this week. But we've got some things to talk about. We've got the Apollos versus the Legends. We've got the Fleet versus the Commanders. The first two games ever of the AFL happened last night. The, the AAF. AFL? <laughs> the AAF. First two games of the AAF happened last night you're making a podcast about the aaf and you can't even get the name right you're right i'm sorry i'll leave yes it's, please it's okay we're just, it's I, okay. Just gonna but really though i want to talk about the apollos and the legends last night that game was probably some of the best football i've seen played in quite a while it was really good a lot better than the super bowl i will say that <laughs> yeah, i was, have to agree with that yes that's saying something about the kind of people that are playing in this league i think these are the people that want to make it. These are the people that might not have gotten the opportunity that they deserved in the NFL. And so they come to the AAF to really show the NFL that they deserve to play. Did that make any Agreed. sense? <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah, they have something to prove. So, I mean, they're probably going to try and show out. Show yeah. Their, uh, showcase their skills. I think. And I said this. I said this last week, and it actually kind of came true this week. Um, I've been saying for a long time that these changes to the AAF, uh, the rule changes, are going to call for a lot more offensive play styles. Um, I don't remember if it made it into the final cut of the podcast episode last week, but I said last week that we're going to see some crazy offensive plays. And we saw crazy offensive plays last night. The Philly Special! We ran the Philly Special last night. I couldn't believe it. First game of the AAF. And we're running the Philly Special. I think that these coaches are going to have a lot more tricks up their sleeve. But also, I think that with these offensive uh, play styles being the main focus of this league, I think we're going to see a lot of teams either ignoring the defensive side of the game or we're going to see teams that like the apollos last night just all around have an amazing offense and an amazing defense that will be able to show up when they're playing against a really good offensive team but last night the legends didn't have anything that was just <laughs> the that legends was a, had a field goal kicker yeah that was that's true they had a field goal kicker what's his name uh young hoku yeah, something like that. Yeah, he's a he's a he put all six <laughs> points on the board for the legends. Uh, the Apollos won forty to six with that Philly special just being probably the play of the game in my opinion. That was just that was just out of nowhere. It was amazing. 
I think the play of the game was whenever Terrence Garvey caught an interception and ran it back for 51 yards for a touchdown. That's true. His That's second true. interception of the night. Terrence Garvey. Garvin. Sorry, not Garvin. Garvey. Ugh! Terrence Garvin played a game last night all by himself. He showed up and he showed out. This man. <laughs> He's going to be in the league next year. This man had two interceptions, one for a pick six, ten tackles, one sack, an interception to run back for 51 yards. This dude is a beast. A force to be reckoned with. He really is. He comes from West Virginia and. They know how to grow him in West Virginia. They, they really do. In his 47-game career with West Virginia, he had 235 tackles, 10.5 sacks, three forced fumbles. And then he was in the NFL. He was traded between a lot of teams from 2013 up until he was drafted in the AAF. Uh, and in that time, he actually managed to break the jaw of Bengals punter Kevin Huber. This dude. Oh, that's what I like to call football, ladies and gentlemen. Right Amen, there. brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Terrence Garvin is scary. This dude was all over the field last night, and he was amazing. But really, you know, we say Terrence Garvin was amazing, but also Atlanta's defense was just, that was just a playground for him. I mean, Atlanta's defense was not, not, not bad. So Atlanta's head coach, Kevin Coyle, he was the head defensive coordinator for the Miami Dolphins from 2012 to 2015, and he was also a defensive analyst for LSU. He was originally brought on to the Legends as a defensive coordinator, but whenever the head coach had to resign, he stepped up. Atlanta's defense was nowhere to be seen last night, and coming from a defensive coach, that's terrible. That I mean, is so bad. It's got to be embarrassing, and I know that Brad Childress was supposed to be the original head coach, um, and and uh, Kevin Coyle was just supposed to be the defensive coordinator, and so it's a lot to take on a month before the league starts. But still, you should at least have your defense on. <laughs> your defense bad, should be yeah. ready. If your entire history is in defense, you should be able to stop the other team's offense. And he couldn't last and night. And Atlanta got rolled over last night. And... And like I said, I think that's one of the big things in this league. You're either going to have teams fall into this trap where they're going to expect too much from their offense and not worry about their defense as much, or you're going to have teams that show up with a great defense and an amazing offense. And that showed last night. I think that Sims was expected to do more last night. I think that's why they kept Grandpa? him in for so long. I think that's why they kept Grandpa in for so long was – because they were expecting him to do great things last night, just like uh, the Apollo's offense was. The Apollo's offense was was a different story, though. They were they were kind of slow to start. Yeah, the uh, Atlanta scored the first points of the game. They did they in AAF that, history. They kicked mm -hmm. that first field goal, but then Garrett Gilbert came <laughs> in, guns a blazing. After he got set up and he started, he didn't stop. Yeah, these guys haven't been playing football together for very long. What did they say? They've been at camp for like a month? Mm -hmm. They started in January. Like that. Mm -hmm. They haven't been playing together long, so it's going to take these teams a little while to adjust to the new rules and playing with these guys. But the Apollos did it quick last night. They, they had a few times. They struggled a few times with the play clock being reduced. But um, as soon as they got it together, they got it together, and they were there. 
I did notice that it was in the first quarter, and it was on two separate occasions, that there was a delay of game penalty called. And I think that has to do with the play clock being shorter. You know, going from 40 seconds to 35, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But five seconds can mean, it can mean the difference between getting the ball thrown or not. So the fact that in the first game, two penalties of delay of game had already been called in the first quarter just shows that these players are having to, you know, adapt to these different rules and, yeah. And I think a lot of the stuff that the AAF has changed, we actually got to see showcased last night. Like with the Sky Judge, being able to see that first touchdown from the Apollos overturned and actually given to them when the official ruling on the field was that it was not a touchdown, being able to see that Sky Judge and hear her talk through her... um, hear her talk through her her thinking was it was it was really transparent and it was really awesome to be able to see um steven spurrier um use his um use his two challenges in the game the right way to get the right calls made when they were messed up i have to 100 percent agree with that i'll tell you what if the nfl had a sky judge the that, Saints. Uh, that NFC Championship game would be looking a lot different now. <laughs> Don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, the Apollos and the Legends. I, I'm so glad that that's the game that we got in our region because the Fleet versus the Commanders was not a fun game. There were some awesome plays in there. I saw uh, some plays where there were some interceptions run back for crazy yards. It was a really cool game. Um, and the score was higher than the Super Bowl, so it was a higher scored game than the Super Bowl was. But the Commanders did win 15-6. Uh, to 6. It was just a boring game, though. Not a lot happened. Uh, we definitely got the better end of the deal getting the Apollos versus the Legend. But we had some trouble watching the games on Sunday. I'm sure a bunch of people did, unless you own all of those extra premium channels. If you're like us and you're broke We're and you're poor. in college... And you can't afford all those special channels. We weren't able to actually watch the Memphis at Birmingham game, but I've got to represent first shutout of the league ever. 26 to 0 goes to my favorite team. I bet you're so happy. Of the entire league. The Birmingham Iron. They've ladies gotta, and gentlemen. They've got to have one good game. That's the only game they'll. They're going to have an entire season of shutouts. I'm calling it right now, every single game shutout. You do realize that the only reason they shut Memphis out was because Memphis is trash. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I've got a good feeling I'm about the iron. I've got a I'm good saying. feeling about the iron here. I'm just I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to I'm going to call it now. They're going to win. All right. The so when Birmingham we come, Iron. Birmingham Iron are going to be the 2019 AAF champions. Stop. That's going to the Orlando Apollos. No. It's going to go to the <laughs> Birmingham Iron. That's where you're wrong. It's going to go to my going to go to my my favorite team. So when we world. come back next week and Birmingham does not shut out whoever they play, I'm going to give you hell. All right, look. Here's <laughs> the thing. Maybe not all shutouts. I'll take that part oh, back. Oh, so now I'll you're take... going back on your wow. statement. I'll take the shutout part back. Okay. I'll take the shutout part Not back. Not a real fan. But I believe that the Birmingham Iron is going to put up an extremely awesome fight and make it to the championship and win. You know who's going to the championship? Probably probably the Apollos. Prediction and... right now? Not going back on it? 
the game that we watch tonight are going to be the two teams in the championship. The Stallions the and the Stallions Hot Shots. and the Hot Shots. I don't... Rematch in the championship. Stallions take it. That's just because you like the Stallions. The Stallions? That's just the because best, you like the, the Stallions. best team. Just because you like the Stallions. In the AAF. They lost tonight against the Hot Shots, in case you weren't Listen. able to uh, watch it or you just haven't had a chance to catch up on it with the VODs yet. Uh, they won... The Hot Shots won against the Stallions, 38-22. to 22. Uh, Again, the Beham, uh, Birmingham Iron uh, beat Memphis 26-0 with a shutout. Um, but I want to I talk about the, the issues we had watching the games, watching Sunday's games. Because initially, you know, they say, they said in pretty much all of their promotional stuff that you would be able to watch every single game on the app that you would be able to watch live streams of the games. And that was true last night with the um, the two games we watched last night. We were able to watch both, one on the uh, TV because we, got, we had CBS and the other on the app because it was streaming in the app. But then today, the, the AAF tweeted out that we weren't going to be able to watch games that are going to be on the CBS... Uh, sports network they said that because of contractual stuff uh, contractual contractual i can't (laughs) say words it's fine they said because of contractual stuff uh, they aren't going to be able to stream those games which is kind of a letdown honestly because they said ever all of the games would be able to be streamed and so i think if they hadn't said that and then come out the day that games weren't going to be able to be watched on the app it might have gone over a little bit better, but they waited until the day of the games, up until we couldn't watch the live streams. We were all under the impression that we were gonna be watching the games. So I didn't actually get to watch my Birmingham Iron shut out Memphis. How unfortunate. <laughs> I had to watch the play-by-play. I had to watch with the, the, the fantasy. Which is another thing I want to talk about. Because I tried to play it uh, a few times, and I think it's a cool idea. I think it's just a little bit weird how it goes. Once you get the hang of it, you can sort of sit there and play, and it's a lot of fun. But sometimes the, the tracking is weird. And then also there's a delay between uh, the app and the game when you're watching it. I noticed that in the games that we were watching on Saturday. Um, the app is ahead. The app is real time, and then there's about a five minute delay for when it comes on TV. So if you're trying to play them at the same time, you're kind of spoiling yourself. Either spoiling yourself, or it's really difficult to pay attention. I I had to turn it off on Saturday uh, while we were actually watching the Orlando game because I couldn't focus on both. It was confusing me. I didn't I didn't understand why it was different plays going on and things like that. But but when I played it on the Sunday games, when we couldn't actually watch them, it was a lot more fun because I was keeping track of the game through the app and also playing. So it's mainly for if you're not able to, you know, sit down and watch the game, it's better for you because it gives you, you know, like a play-by-play of everything and it tells you what's happening. But I don't think that that was the intent. I don't think it was... Hey, play this game if you can't watch the actual game. 
This is their approach to fantasy football. They wanted an interactive thing where you could sit and watch the game and play their fantasy at the same time. And I think they're going to have to figure out how to account for that five-minute space because, at least for me, it was near impossible to watch the game and then also play the fantasy because you were trying. it was like trying to keep track of two different football games. Even though you were watching the same game. Even though it was the same football game. So it was, it was, it was kind of hard. Um, and the live stream that we watched on Saturday, it froze a lot in the app. But that could have just been server overload because it's the first week and they couldn't really gauge how many people were going to be watching. So I think that they'll fix things like that. Um, but those camera angles were kind of weird too. Yeah, there just were a couple the, of camera angles where I was really confused. Uh, it was it was hard to watch the plays sometimes, especially whenever it would be like a, the point of view of the defense and then the offense was passing. It was almost impossible to keep track of where the ball was and watch the play. Yeah, like if the quarterback was throwing the ball, like they had the camera angle set to where the defense, uh, their backs were to the camera. So you were seeing the front end of the offense. If the quarterback is throwing the ball, they have to – pan the camera around almost 180 degrees just to show you where the ball got thrown and who you know if somebody caught it who caught it and, and I, that's not fast enough to because you're like what happened and then they pan around and it's like oh okay he caught it yeah and there was there was one play that i can remember i can't remember which team was had possession of the ball but they threw a pass it was at that weird angle from the defensive uh point of view they threw the ball they caught it and they moved on to the next play, and I didn't realize that anybody had even caught the ball. I thought it was an incomplete pass because you didn't get to see the 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 catch. Right. And so I think that that angle was interesting for um, for running plays. It was easier. I think from those types of angles, it was easier to keep track of who was running the ball. But for passing plays, where you don't know how far the ball is going to go from that from that field of view. Um, I think it was it was a little weird, um, but I think Sagan, did you say last night that it was going it was it was for another point of view for the sky? I think Austin mentioned that he said that um, basically they were using that point of view so the sky judge could have another angle to look at stuff in case there was a controversial call. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that those angles should just sort of stay on the back burner for the uh, the sky judge and not really show up in the game just because they're they're a little more confusing it's a harder to follow the play i think it's better if they just stick to that side view where you can see the whole the whole team yeah if it ain't broke don't fix it yeah and i mean like they are trying new stuff because it's a new league so they'll work the kinks out eventually but yeah but one thing talking about uh changing things and it being a new league the the mics the microphones on the coaches and quarterbacks, I think is a really interesting touch that just sort of makes the audience more involved in what's happening on the field. You're not just, you're not watching as much as you're experiencing with the microphones on the coaches and quarterbacks. There were a couple instances last night uh, in the Orlando game where Steve Spurrier, you got to hear some of the stuff that he was saying. And like one of the things that he said, um, he was like, he's telling one of his teammates to tell one of his receivers to catch the ball this time what was the other thing he said he said uh let's get nifty let's, let's, get, nifty. let's get nifty on this play let's yeah. get nifty on this play so it's just sort of it just sort of adds 
just that small amount of being able to hear the quarterbacks and the coaches talking to the team and talking to the refs and things like that, I think that it's just, it adds a little bit. And then I know whenever I'm watching NFL games sometimes, I, I sit there and you see the coach and you're laughing because you know he's mad and you really just wish you knew what he said in that moment. What is going through his head right now? And now we finally get the answer in this league. It's finally, it's not, man, he's probably saying really mean things. It's just, man, he's saying mean things. <laughs> there was another instance where the quarterback was mic'd up and he tried to run for the first down. And he thought he got it, but the ref uh, marked him short. Yeah, and he, was he like, spotted him short. Yeah, he spotted him short, and he was like, oh, come on, ref, that's a bad spot. You know that's a bad spot. And then you watch the replay, and <laughs> he was definitely, he was definitely, definitely short. Definitely <laughs> short. <laughs> and so I, I think we're going to have these hotshot quarterbacks having to watch their mouths now because they're going to say something stupid on live television, yeah. and they're going to get flack for it. Like, I, I don't think that it's – gonna be that big of a deal but just little stuff like that last night when he said oh come on you know that's a terrible spot i got that first down and then you watch the replay and it's oh he was actually four yards short of the first down, <laughs> when he was down. overall it was a good weekend of football yeah it really was it was an awesome weekend of football and one thing that i think made it so awesome was the fact that it actually was able to keep my attention uh if you don't know me i have a very short attention span and so watching football oftentimes I just I lose focus. I get bored with it because there's so many breaks and pauses where nothing happens because there's a timeout or they're just running the play clock down or even the commercials. And I think with this league doing the 60% less commercials was it, it put in a lot more football time. And that really was able to keep my attention. It felt like a longer game. It doesn't take you out of the action, basically. Exactly. And I mean, since they got rid of kickoffs, like you don't even have to wait for them to set up that and uh, do the kickoff. I mean, it's like right after one team scores, the other team has the ball and they're already going on offense. So and, it's... and on the kickoff part, even just the beginning of the game, it was so weird for them to just start going. Yeah. Just from 0 to 100, that first play or that first kickoff where it usually sets the tone of the game not being there they're starting cold and so to be able to to see them be able to come out of that without that momentum going into the first play of the game with the kickoff um it really just it grabs your attention it keeps your attention in my opinion at least but i think i'm a good advocate for being able to decide if something holds your attention well because nothing holds my attention <laughs> And so I, I think that the, the commercials uh, being less and and having, what is it? No commercial break timeouts. Isn't that what it's called? No commercial break timeouts or something like that? Yeah, you have like media timeouts throughout regular football games. And like this one, even when it goes to commercial, I noticed when we were watching the Apollos game, it it still had the game like mm -hmm. just minimize yeah it had the game minimized like on the right while the right. commercial was playing on the left and it wasn't a it wasn't a media timeout going on on the left side it was just them the game was still doing going whatever on. and as soon as the game started playing they cut off the commercials and put the game back on so it was really able to hold attention really well i thought um you know the fantasy was a little weird. The live streams were a little disappointing. They do need to be a little more transparent when communicating to the fans because this is a fan-oriented league. 
a lot of the stuff they're doing is to try and make the fan experience better. And part of that is being a transparent league that can communicate well and give all of the information that is needed to be given. Um, but overall, I think that this weekend went amazing. I thought we saw some awesome games. I thought we saw some awesome plays. And overall, I'm just I'm, I'm excited for next weekend. I, I haven't gotten my fill of football this weekend. And that's something weird for me to say because up until, I don't know, a year ago, I didn't care about football at all. So I'm excited to see uh, next week. Football! <laughs> <laughs> so to close this out, I'll go over real quick the games that are going to be happening week two on February 16th at at 2 p.m. Eastern, which will be 1 p.m. Central time. We've got Salt Lake at Birmingham, and that one's going to be on TNT. Let's go Salt Lake. Let's go Birmingham. R- rivals. We're oh, going head-to-head head next week. <laughs> Salt Lake's got it in the bag, I y'all. I hope you're ready to have the SmackDown put on you. But we've also got, on February 16th, Arizona at Memphis, and that's going to be at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. Uh, that's going to be on the NFL Network. We've got... On February 17th, we've got Orlando at San Antonio. Apollo! <laughs> that game's going to be at 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Central Time. And then finally, to finish the on next what weekend. Network? Oh, yeah, you're right. That one's going to be on the CBS Sports Network, so we won't be able to watch it. Um, but the last game of the week will be on Sunday. It's going to be Atlanta at San Diego. That one's going to be at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, which is 7 p.m. Central Time. And that one's going to be on the NFL Network. I'm excited. This week lived up to my expectations. This weekend exceeded my expectations. After the tragic ending that was the NFL season, it was such a nice pick-me-up. I'm ready to get into into the AAF and have such an amazing debut, debut week. Week one of the first season of AAF history. And... You know, I think I think just a lot happened this week that was awesome. I'm excited for next week. I know you guys are excited for next next week. I know the two people listening this are excited for next week. <laughs> Don't disclose our listener counts. You're right. I'm not allowed to do that. But thank you so much, guys, for listening. If you do listen and you really do enjoy what we say, be sure to share with your friends. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Alliance Weekly. And, um, you know, just share us with your friends and talk to us on Twitter. We really would love to hear from you guys. Give us your opinions. And if you want us to talk about anything on the podcast, uh, be sure to tweet at us or comment on our Instagram posts. And let us know if you want us to look into something and talk about it. But other than that, I I think this is the end of episode two. Another awkward ending. Everybody gather around the campfire and uh, listen to Alliance Weekly. It will be the best thing you have ever done. You won't regret it. Thank you. (laughs) I think that's the end. That's it. That's a great ending. That's a wrap. It's in the books. I'll see you guys. Well, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Bye.